Welcome to How to Save Your Marriage with Nicola Beer, a full show of tips and practical strategies to repair, rebuild, and strengthen your relationship. If you are currently stuck, wondering if your marriage can be saved, or you know you want to save it, but don't know how to go about changing it, this show is for you. To book your free marriage strategy session with Nicola, get the free marriage ebook or donate. If you are enjoying the show and want to help keep it flowing, visit www.nicolabeer.com. Hi and welcome. I'm so happy you're here. I'm going to be talking today about adjusting relationships through social distancing, isolation and working from home. During a time where there is so much uncertainty in the world and so many different things to adjust to right now, I really wanted to spend some time talking about one of the biggest topics that is having a huge impact on relationships all around the world. And that is a shift in relationships whilst practicing social distancing, self-isolation and working from home. In addition to this, you have the added pleasure or pressure of having to spend most of your time with your romantic partner. And this can be a blessing, like I said, a pleasure, or it can be a real pressure. Maybe you've got anxiety about it because you're worried or you are feeling that you are rubbing each other up the wrong way, there's stress, there's tension in the air. So I'm going to offer some tips to help with this. Usually we spend the majority of our day away from our loved ones and cherish the time we have together in the evenings and weekends and when we cuddle up in bed at night. Knowing that the week will mean less time together However, during this period of social distancing and isolation, you may find yourselves waking up together, having breakfast together, and then going about your days, trying to get into work mode side by side. This means figuring out who is going to work from home, in which room, where you're going to set up your desk space, making sure that you don't walk in and disturb one another, who gets a study, and who doesn't? Who looks after any children and who doesn't? How are you going to get the silence you need when you're on group meeting calls? And of course, how to get that right work-life balance. It may become an annoyance if one of you is used to talking whilst working and the other is trying to stay focused and work in complete silence. Or maybe one of you can be a little bit slack about your work and take it easy. Maybe you want the TV or the music or radio on and the other is feeling more stressed or pressured by the workload or can get easily more distracted and needs total silence. And then there is The difference between somebody who is used to working with big teams and having regular chats with co-workers that they end up talking to their partner all day, sharing little jokes, sharing emails that they're receiving, they like talking and other people that are just like, please shut up. In the politest way, don't speak to me. Now I must confess that when I was working in an office, which was years ago now. But when I was working in an office, I used to be one of those people that hated being interrupted when I was in the flow of my work. 
And the reason for that is because if someone interrupted me, I would lose my thread and then it would take me ages to get back into it, which drove me mad. And so I then used to just say to people, I'll get back to you in a minute. And when they even they started to talk, I would look at them, but I would just sort of move my hand up and say like, I'll, I'll get back to you. And then I would finish what I was doing and then say, yes, how can I help? And be like the politest person in the world. But sometimes that, like, give me five minutes, could be an hour, could be half an hour. It really just depends. But I couldn't give them the attention, even if it was stuff to help me or stuff I'd ask them to help me with, because then that would just take me out of my flow and then I'd get irritated that I'd been out of my flow. And so these things kind of need to be worked out, talked through and agreed on because you may be getting irritated if your partner is trying to be nice to you, even if they're just asking you, would you like a sandwich? Would you like a cup of tea? Would you like me to put the kettle or whatever it is? It might just drive you insane. Lastly, and most importantly, working from home can mean that it's difficult to set the clear boundary between work time and personal time. Especially in the current climate where there are so many people losing their jobs, it can be frightening. And so some people may feel like, okay, I need to work around the clock. I need to work straight first thing in the morning and I need to work until I sleep. And that can cause extra pressure and tension at home, especially if people are concerned about losing their job, concerned about their finances. If you're on a commission-based job, then that can also mean that you are doing the every extra sort of minute that you can work to make sure that you're still delivering in your sales. In reality, this period of change requires a lot of patience, a lot of understanding, and most importantly, communication. And so I want to talk you through some practical ways to minimise the impact of socialisation on your relationship and how you can use this difficult time to create a healthier, happier connection between you and your partner. So the first one is communication. Clear communication can really minimise disagreements escalating. It also encourages couples to deal with their concerns right away rather than letting the situation get worse and then having a huge argument. Being able to tell a loved one that your expectations are and then are coming to some sort of agreement can be a really, really happy way forward. So are you able to set your expectations? Okay, how many hours are you gonna work? Where do you wanna work from? Do you wanna be interrupted? Do you wanna eat lunch together? Do you want to, whatever it is that you, want to plan. Being able to tell a loved one what these expectations are, how they can make you happy is important and they can greatly reduce the likelihood of arguments erupting. Maybe you want to have your breakfast together and then plan the day, share with each other, okay I've got these important calls at this time or I need to be in silence at this time or can you look after the children at this time and taking in turns and planning it every day over a nice breakfast together or planning it the night before together so that you're clear on who is doing what, who needs what from each other. 
And it may be work in progress. You may try different things and then realize, okay, this isn't working, let's try this or let's try that. And also just sometimes people's routines can go out of the window as well. So that's the next thing that I wanted to talk about, planning. If you have children or animals or other responsibilities, it would be extremely beneficial to divide the tasks between the both of you. Devise a plan that includes entertaining, feeding and clothing children or feeding pets, making dinner, emptying the bins and all the usual household chores so that the burden does not fall on one person, leading them to feel resentment or bitter towards their partner. The amount of relationships and couples that I support that say that there's a lot of resentment about household tasks. And this is something that can be easily avoided if there is expectations that are expressed, working together as a team. And I know that maybe sometimes people have decided, okay, we'll use and hire a cleaner to help. And of course, during this social isolation period, you may have had to cancel having any extra outside help. And if that's the case, there's gonna be extra work to do in the home. And as you're all at home, there's going to be extra tidying, extra cleaning, extra eating. So it's really important to really work as a team here. Plan together, choose tasks that you like to do. And if there's ones that you both really don't like doing, doing them together as a team effort at the same time can be really supportive. In the plans that you create as well, it's awesome to make sure that you dedicate quality time for you as an individual, getting your own space and for your partner. Now, I am a complete introvert. I get my energy from being alone. I love solitude. So I'm actually doing fine in this social isolation. But I know a lot of people, they're struggling if they've got a big family and they're an introvert and they're just like, oh my goodness, I just need some quiet time. So maybe sitting outside if you've got a garden, going for a walk around your garden or around your, your house. I think you're allowed to do that. And maybe just saying, okay, I just need to go and lie down. If, that, if your bedroom's the only room where there is and can be silence, just doing something to zone out and be by yourself so maybe you have that space time together maybe you take it on turns depending on whether you have children or not and then there's quality time together doing things together it could be watching a movie together cooking together playing games a couple of the couples that I'm working with right now we are creating fun things for them to do and they're learning lots of new different courses together and just using this time to bond, using it like a Thanksgiving, Christmas kind of atmosphere where they're like, okay, let's make the most of it, make the most of neither of us traveling, neither of us working outside of the home and make this a special time to remember for the children. So how can you make the best of this situation? Building your love, building your connection, 
dedicating couple time is a really great luxury of being forced to stay at home and stay together. Planning also doesn't have to be about the short-term goals and day-to-day tasks that I mentioned. It can also be times to discuss your future aspirations, your individual dreams, your dreams as a couple, your long-term plans, whether it's a year, two years, five years, ten years ahead, retirement plans, ideas to boost your financial situation, business goals or plans that you've always wanted to work on. These are just a few of the examples of many things that maybe you you could discuss to enhance your relationship. Or sitting down together, having your favourite drink and writing your bucket list. That's a lovely thing to do and to share. And seeing if you can guess what is on each other's bucket list of things that you want to do in the next five to ten years. And then I mentioned routine earlier. And routine goes hand in hand with planning. Just because you're both supporting social distancing or isolation now, it does not mean that you should see it as an opportunity to let all routine go out of the window. In fact, sitting down with your partner and creating some kind of routine together gives you both a chance to ensure you're meeting your own needs as well as respecting your partner's needs. For example, agreeing a time that suits you both to wake up, have breakfast together and start the day. Agreeing a time where you can both do some indoor exercise, whether that's following a YouTube video or signing up to a free class pass membership or just doing your own thing, doing some weights or some squats or sit-ups if that's what you like to do. How can you support each other to have that kind of exercising time if that's something important to you? And then there can be routines around who gets a lion, who doesn't. A couple I'm working with at the moment said that they are so sleep deprived. They've got a few young children and they're just not really sleeping at the moment. One of them is teething. And so... The best thing that they've decided this week through working with me on their online marriage coaching is deciding that, yeah, they're going to take it in turns now to give each other a lion. And that's like amazing gift that they can give each other. And then the other one is in the routine mode. And I know for some people this can sound a bit strange. They may feel like, no, we're in this social isolation. We'll do what we want. There's no routine. But if the routine isn't there, if things start off where you feel annoyed at each other, then this can then snowball into a bad day and a bad week. So getting a routine can really support you. It can be really comforting and especially for children. Children thrive on routines. They thrive on knowing what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, what their day's going to be like. It just releases any anxiety in them. And for those I offer the anxiety counselling with, they find that having a routine also gives them more peace and they can sleep better and feel better if they know, okay, this is how it is going to be. This is what you're doing today. This is what I'm doing. This is what the children are doing. This is when I'm going to exercise. This is when I'm going to watch TV. 
that can just sometimes give people peace, especially in today's environment where the news is so negative, the fear in the air, the energy in the air is quite intense at the moment, and in the uncertainty. Even people that are really fine at the moment, there is still, for most people, a little bit of economic uncertainty. Okay, when will things get back to normal? When will I be able to travel and see my family? When will my investment, savings, property prices, you know, things like that go up again? So it can be a bit of a confusing time. And also, if you're not used to working from home, it can really impact your productivity or energy levels. Sometimes people just work non-stop. I know I did this in my final year of university, ended up getting very anxious and leading myself into a depression because I literally used to wake up at like seven o'clock in the morning. I would be at my computer by half seven, quarter to eight. And then I would be sat there all day, working on my dissertation, studying, reading books, writing essays. And I'd watch TV for a short time whilst I was eating my dinner. So I wasn't really eating consciously. And then I would just carry on working. And I just ended up exhausting myself, exhausting my mind, feeling really stressed. I felt when people were talking to me at my uni that I was boring, that I had nothing interesting to say. This really then eroded my self-esteem. Then I felt like I was going crazy. I went to the doctor at my university who literally spoke to me for about five minutes and then was ready to uh, subscribe me antidepressants, sleeping tablets, like hardly giving me any time to work out what I really needed. And I'm so grateful for that experience now because having gone through that, I learned how to get myself out of depression at a very young age. And I'm always grateful for that. And the, the what, what I did, and I'm sharing this because I think this may help if you know anybody is struggling at the moment. What I realised at that time was that the difference between someone who is depressed and someone that has problems is the person with problems has a way out. So they know that they have problems, but they're not depressed because they can see, okay, this is how I am going to go out of it. Maybe life is crap at the moment, but they have a plan of, okay, this is how I'm going to get myself through it. This is what I'm working towards. And so what helped me when I felt so depressed at that time, confused, really down, lonely, I created a plan. Okay, this is how I'm going to get out of this. This is when it's going to end. This is what I'm going to do when I finish. This is how I'm going to improve my finances. This is what I'm going to do for my social life. This is what I'm going to do about my relationship. And I started planning and I started getting into some small actions. And this gave me so much freedom, so much peace. So if you are feeling a bit depressed right now, if you are feeling a bit overwhelmed, move yourself to a person that has problems by creating a way out, 
finding and planning a way out. And if you're not sure how to make that way out at the moment, then talk to somebody, get some support. Working it through with someone can really help you to build that path, to build that ladder to get yourself out. I don't know why, but when I was just describing that to you, I had a vision of the game Snakes and Ladders. And it's really about building yourself a ladder to escape like that snake pit. Weird, because I never normally get visualizations. I'm not really normally a visual person, but that's what came to mind. Not sure whether you have the, the Snakes and Ladders game. Maybe that's a good idea to, to play that. But anyway, I'm moving on now. So just talking about productivity. So just making sure you're doing things to help you stay productive. I know I have to do exercise. It gives me more energy. I know that I need to get dressed and feel good in what I'm wearing. This can affect my productivity. I'm not as effective if I'm just sat in my pajamas all day. So what can you do to make sure that you are still in that work mode? Bless my granddad, he is 95 at the moment and he still wears a tie. And I just find that so adorable. He gets up every morning and he puts on his shirt and tie. And he has been retired now for 35 years. Like a third of his life, he has been in retirement. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. He's an amazing man. He laughs all the time, actually. Which I'm sure is why he has managed to be so fit and strong and healthy. So that's about the productivity and balance and routine. Creating routine when you're going to have your eating breaks, when you're going to have your maybe movement breaks, keeping yourself energized, keeping yourself free and fluid in this time. And this can also, having this routine can, can set you up from working too much or too little. Because I know there's a lot of people listening to me talking, thinking, wow, I'm not going to be working too much, Nicola. I've got a problem with working too little or I procrastinate. So the last thing that I wanted to mention in terms of the, the tips is paying attention. So it's really important to pay attention. Something that we can all benefit from is paying attention to what is going on around us, what is going on with our partner, what do they need. When we're paying attention to what we need, what do other people need, what do your children need, and then communicating this, it's key. Especially as well with your work. Many people have, have messaged me that are finding it hard because working from home, it's not as easy to deal with things if you haven't got your normal office, files, phone, things around you. It may be difficult to solve problems without access to maybe a database, to your CSR system or whatever it is. So it's just really giving yourself patience, asking for patience from any clients, customers, employers, whilst you go through this. And important in your relationship to really give each other attention and pay attention to each other's moods. Looking and feeling their energy. Are they in the mood to talk to you or not? Are they in the mood for affection or not? Are they in the mood for 
spending time together or they're in the mood that they just need to be left alone. Using our intuition can be a great thing and really helping our relationships. And taking time to relax. As I mentioned earlier, working too much can lead to add more stress into your life, into the relationships, and in some cases lead to heightened anxiety or feelings of depression. It can be very intense being around your family 24-7. So making sure that you do plan your relaxation time. And that can be relaxing together, that can be relaxing on your own, that can be relaxing as a family. And maybe you don't know when you're going to need time to relax and maybe you just have an agreement, okay, I'm just going to say to you, okay, I need some time out. And then you both respect each other whenever you say that to each other and not take it personally. Someone needs space, someone needs time to just be on their own, not thinking, okay, they don't want to be with me, what what have I done? Just allowing it to happen and to be. So lastly, I wanted to talk about rediscovering one another. Whilst most of us right now have to stay indoors due to the social isolation and distancing, it's a great time to rekindle your love for one another. This includes going back to having loving date nights inside the home, spending time to reconnect without the distractions of the outside world, doing little romantic things for one another like running a hot bath, cuddling on the sofa, watching a movie together, playing games together, writing little love notes around the house for each other to find, lighting some candles, playing some romantic, intimate music, massaging one another. All of these things can help to reignite the love and sensuality between you both. And so I want to round off this episode by talking about something that one of my favourite authors writes about. And this is The Five A's by David Rico, which are considered key in any relationship. The relationship with yourself, the relationship with your children, the relationship with your husband, wife, girlfriend, boyfriend. So as I'm talking these through, these five A's, just tune into how you can create that more in your loving relationship right now. And if any are missing, how you can strengthen them or if you've already got them, how you can maintain them. So let's just quickly go into these five A's and just really reflect on them as I talk you through them. So the first one is attention, a being aware of each other, being aware of each other's needs, showing care and consideration for each other's feelings. This will encourage openness and honest discussions. As when someone feels like the other person is truly paying attention, truly cares to know how their day is going, how they are, they're going to be more likely to open up. So are you giving each other attention right now? The next one is acceptance. When you feel that you are respected, loved and understood, when you feel accepted, it feels so great. When we feel accepted, we feel loved, we feel held and we feel we are able to be ourselves and that we are not alone. Accepting one another is such a key in enjoying being in the relationship. The third is appreciation. 
So this is showing someone and telling someone that we appreciate them. Validating that they are loved and wanted. Saying those positive words. Sharing gratitude for the efforts that they are making. This will not only make them want to do more for you, it's a great way of showing your love and reconnecting. Then there's affection. We need physical, emotional and mental affection. Physical affection is non-sexual touch. Of course there can be sexual touch as well, I'm not saying that, but you know that affection, the holding, the loving embrace, the stroking of the hair, the holding the hands, even if you're not an affectionate person, just touching someone on the shoulder can be a very loving, connecting gesture. We do not function well if there is coldness, if there is an unwillingness for the other person to love and hold us. And right now, with everything that's going on, a hug is such a lovely gift. And hug yourself if your partner doesn't want to hug you right now. Because you can still feel really good by giving yourself a good old hug. And then the last one is allowing. This is important and it links well with the other A's. As it allows someone to be themselves. Without strict rules or regulations. We do not try to control one another. To guilt one another. As controlling someone else. Guilting someone else. Getting angry so someone does what you want them to do is not loving. And it makes you feel less accepted and underappreciated. So allowing, allowing someone to be who they are. Allowing someone to express themselves how they want to express themselves. This doesn't mean putting up with any kind of abuse. I'm definitely not saying that. But just allowing someone to be themselves. The more you do that, the more you'll be able to get that back as well. Honestly, I don't think there's ever been a better time to work on your communication, to work on your self-love skills, to work on your relationship. If you would like to treat yourself right now to some relationship skills, to some relationship strengthening, then go to my website and get my Marriage Makeover audio program. It's on special offer at the moment for only $97. You're going to get a whole host of audios, recordings, and you're saving 200 US dollars off the audio program. So it's $97. If you want to start working on your relationship, get 30 audios to making your relationship stronger and better, then I recommend you check that out. You can go to nicolabeer.com, look at my shop page. Maybe now is a perfect time to really look at your relationship and take those special steps. And by the way, my... Audio programs are totally different to my podcasts in so many ways because whilst I do try to put as much help, as much of myself, effort, love into my podcasts because I'm talking about different topics from one week to the next because I don't have the, the time and I don't have the opportunity to structure it out, this is where the audio's and the audio programs can help because the audio programs have a step-by-step structure that build on each other. They also have over 10 powerful meditations to help create change at the subconscious level within relationships. 
They also have, with every single episode, exercises to do and follow because creating a loving, close, happy relationship, healing after an affair, getting out of a stuck state or feeling, I'm not sure if I find my partner attractive, or I'm not sure if I love them anymore, or I'm in love with them anymore. The only way to get out of that and to really know the answers to those questions is to get into the actions. So my audio programs are an action-focused solution. So if you want to get that, check out my website, nicolabeer.com shop. And something free for you, I am going to be sending out next week a list of couples activities that you can do in the home. So if you are on my mailing list, then that's awesome. You're going to be getting that next week. And if you are not in my mailing list, then you may want to subscribe to my seven secrets to saving your relationship, seven secrets to fixing your relationship. You can go to my website, nicolabeer.com slash on the gifts page. On the gifts, you will find the seven secrets ebook. Sign up for that because in the beginning of next month, I'm going to be sending through a long list of ideas. You can have some really awesome date nights inside the home. So from my heart to yours, thank you for listening. I'm wishing you love, peace and happiness through this crazy time. And you've probably heard in my other podcasts about the free dance and meditation membership program that I have at the moment. It's completely free until this social distancing and isolation is over. I'm making it completely free. And then at the end of that, I will give people an option if they want to continue or not. It will be totally up to them. So if you'd like to find out more, then again, feel free to contact me anytime. I will put the, both the links along with this episode. Take care of yourselves. Bye. Thank you for listening to How to Save Your Marriage with Nicola Beer. To book your free marriage strategy session today, you can visit www.nicolabeer.com where you can also get the free marriage fixing ebook, request a topic for the show and make a donation if the show has been of benefit to you and you want to help keep it going. We wish you an amazing love-filled day ahead.